If there is anything I am sure that God wants me to do, it is to bring people to the understanding of His purpose. And you have been following what I've been teaching this period. You see that my emphasis had been on unraveling the purpose of God, where it has to do with His dealing with us, where it has to do with His intention and creation, where it has to do with the body of Christ, where it has to do with the nations of the earth, and where it has to do with your own individual life. And the reason why. I can stay on this subject is because from the scripture we have seen that God had revealed to us and it pleasures him to reveal to us what he's doing now. And it is in understanding what he is doing now that we can find our home place. It is in understand it is in understanding of what he's doing now that we can walk worthy as we ought to walk. In the early hours of this morning I was meditating on Colossians chapter 1. Apostle Paul was praying for the believers in Colossae. And he prayed for them that they would come to understand the knowledge of God. And in particular, he said that they would come to understand God's will. So, Aside the fact that God had saved us and brought us to himself, one of the things we have got to understand is, one, his plans. Two, his design, his original intention. Three, how he had schemed all things to play out. It is when we understand this, we cannot be in error and we can stand to enforce his counsel. Let's pick from that Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10 That you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, when you look at these two verses of the scriptures, you see that Paul said, we are praying for you. And he told us what he was praying for in particular. That these believers would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That is, they may know God's intention. They may know what God wants to do is his plans for their lives and it's very much important i draw your attention to the fact that paul said this prayer i'm praying for you it is sequel upon your salvation so it is a way of showing us that salvation is not the final dealing of god rather it is an invite and when you look critically look at this scripture you see that seven things we are were outlined to be what we have got to understand in our relationship with God. Number one is salvation. Paul said that we have got to be saved. That's the very beginning of God's dealing with us. Number two, Paul emphasized the knowledge of his will. 
that is the knowing of his will how do we find out the will of god the intention of god and what is the will of god number one righteousness he wants us to have right standing with him he wants us to have the right nature he wants us to live rightly and he wants us to do right works and in righteousness we are not talking about what you do rightly, but we are talking about what God had put in you, which in turn makes you to be right. And it also includes God wiping out your wrongs or taking away your past in order to give you a new start. So here in righteousness, we have four blessings. One, we have right standing. We can stand before God because our wrongs have been wiped away. And we can also stand before men because now we know how to deal with them from the perspective of what we from the perspective of God or from what God had been able to understand about the function of life. Number two is right being. He gave us his nature, the right mind. You know, Jesus Christ said that how can you being evil do good gift, uh, do good works? Then he said that a man out of the abundance he has in mind, he speaks. In other words, what makes man evil is not because they want to be evil. They are evil because that is their nature. So in God's expression of his will, he shows us our own corruption. Then he shows us that his intention for us is to be agios and to be holy and to walk before him without blame. So when you look at righteousness, there are a number of, th- a number of things you will see in righteousness. Number one is our wellness, our wellness our well-being mind soul body and spirit the best thing you are going to see here also is going to be correctness that our life is correct before god there's nothing shady there's nothing to hide and number three thing you are going to see is the exactness of our life as god intended it to be and the fourth thing you are going to see is the utmost focus and expectation for our life all of this is found in the revelation of the righteousness of god now when you look at the scripture also you also see that apostle Paul mentioned the application of god's will in our lives and it says that we understand the will for practical living he says actually from the kjv he says that that you may know all that is pleasing to him let me let me pick it exactly i don't want to misquote that verse now again for this reason since we've since the day we've added we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom in all the way it applies to your life and in your relationship with him, in spiritual understanding. Then verse 10 now says that this understanding of God's purpose, of God's mind, is more important if at all we are going to walk worthy of the Lord. We are going to fully please him in all things. If we are going to be fruitful in every good work, and we are going to increase in the knowledge of God. So four things here. So what the will of God does for us is, number one, it helps us to walk worthy of the Lord. Now, to walk worthy of the Lord means to walk exactly like it is. That our life will match and be correct as its own is. Number two is that we are positioned to know and to do what is pleasing to him in all things. And that brings to mind, to mind Romans chapter 12. Apostle Paul said we have got to yield our bodies to God as a living sacrifice 
holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And we must not be conformed to this world, but we must be transformed by the renewal of our mind so that we can prove what is perfect will of God, what is good and what is perfect will of God. So in our dealings with God, God wants us to understand how to please him. Yes, Romans I mean, Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that we are accepted in the beloved. He is pleased with us before the offering, because of the offering of Christ. But then there is an expectation that we, as a result of what Christ has shown us about the Father, we can live a life that is pleasing to Him practically. Then number 13, 13 or the third thing our knowledge of God does to us is that it helps us to be fruitful in every good work. And it helps us to increase in the knowledge of God. So when you look at this, as I was saying, you see that seven things we are lighted here. Number one is salvation. Number two is the knowledge of His will, that we must understand what God intends to do with our lives, why He saved us, the purpose of His calling. Number three, that we may begin to come to the point where we can apply His will in our life in all wisdom and spiritual matters, in all spiritual realities. Number four is that once we understand the will of God after salvation, it helps to position us to begin to walk correctly, to begin to walk exactly, to begin to walk worthy of the Lord. To walk worthy of the Lord means to, to, to live a life that exemplifies the Father. To walk worthy of the Lord in all things that pleases Him. And number five thing is that after that level is attained, we can now become fruitful in every good works. There are many people who have tried to impress people by their good works, but over time, their work had been, had been, how do I describe it now? Had been contemptible because their own life is not correct. Their motive is not correct. And the reason why their life, their motive, their intention is not correct is because they have not understood the intention of the Father. So it's not about the activities. It's not about church life. It's more about what God is doing, what is on his mind. So once you understand the will of God, the implication is that you can walk worthy of the Lord. The implication of walking worthy of the Lord, that is to walk a life that glorifies God, in a sense, is that you begin to be fruitful in every good works. Then practically, number six steps in, you increase in every knowledge of God. There is an increase in your knowledge and understanding of God. And this consequently helps you to relate with Him better, to live to please Him, and to smooth Him and also intensify your relationship with Him. In other words, you grow up in intimacy. Then once this is attained, then Apostle Paul said there will be access to divine ability in practical life's issue. He says you will be strengthened with mind according to His divine ability. So what God is doing is not complex. In his dealing with us, he wants us to understand his mind. That's the first thing I want to show you. Now the second thing I want to show you is in Romans chapter 8. And here Apostle Paul intends to show us that there is nothing that can work against the people of God. Actually, from the context of the scriptures, Apostle Paul intends to show us that we can have a relationship with God and yet we are misunderstood, we are mistreated, we are misjudged by people. We can be persecuted. But the persecution does not mean that our life is not correct. Rather, it is an indication that we are running 
parallel against what the nature and the will of the people of the world drives them to do meanwhile in god's in god's divine justice he knows how to make all things work together in our favor hallelujah so nothing can work against the believer now romans chapter 8 verse 28 and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god and to those who are called according to his purpose why are things working together for their good is working together for their good because they love god and from this scripture what the holy ghost is saying is that it is not all the situation in our life we will understand we do not know it all there are things in our life that we happen that we can't fathom. another truth the lord will bring to light by the scripture is that there is no coincidence in our life there's no accident another thing is that god is showing us a spirit induced mentality that all things work together for the good of those who love god as long as i've received the love of god and my center of living my center of affection is god everything that happens to me we walk together for good so god is showing us how to always maintain a positive mental attitude even in the face of audits and when you look at the scripture so the apostle paul says that even those of them okay look at verse 21 because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of god for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pain together until now not only that but we also who have the first fruit of the spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves they were in pains eagerly waiting for the adoption the redemption of our body waiting for the day they will be one with christ they will go and reign with christ forever for we are safe in this hope but hope that the sin is not hope for why does one still offer that which he sees verse 25 but if we offer that which we do not see we eagerly wait for it with perseverance you know i wish i can show you where apostle paul says that the issue they are going through cannot be compared to the weight of glory see this present time okay now verse 18 says that for i consider that the suffering of this present time so when paul says all things are working together for a good he's talking about the persecution the pains to endure for the sake of the cause of christ or because of the path or the decision you have chosen to take or you have taken because of the cause of god he says god knows how to make everything to work together for your good for we do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you receive the spirit of the adoption by whom we cry abba father verse 18 again for i consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of creation eagerly wait for the revealing of the sons of god for the creation was subjected to fertility not willingly but because of him who subjected it in all so there is an expectation and it is never over yet there is more that god wants to do with your life hallelujah now paul was not just giving us a promise he was showing us a principle and we can actually check where this principle is applicable because paul was not just telling us what is 
actually likely to be. He's showing us a principle of living, how we can actually live our life. All things work together for good for those who love God. If we love God, all things will work together for good. And you know, Paul, the apostle, had a first-hand experience here. You know, he wrote to the Philippians Christian. He said, the things that had happened to me, that was his imprisonment. A row. He said, it had turned out for the fortress of the gospel. It was meant to hurt me, but alas, it was a favor. So for a believer, nothing can ever work against you. Are there not times in your life you have made decisions you don't want to make because of the fact that you don't have enough resources, because of the fact that you are not ready for it, and by one way or the other, you made that decision, and things do not work out the way you want it to work out. But eventually, you saw that it works together for good. You will not understand every situation in your life, but there is a way God can recalculate them to work together for your good. All you need to do is to actually cast those things to God when they turn out badly. They will turn out for good. At the end of times, you have made certain calculations and things do not go out the way you plan it. In other words, every adversity has some potential advantages. Don't look down on yourself. Don't be discouraged. Don't be, don't be discouraged because of the way people treat you. Sometimes the way people treat you is not a reflection of who you are. Rather, it's a reflection of who they are. So you can be misunderstood, you can be mistreated, you can be persecuted, you can be misjudged. And there are some issues that are above your control that you will never know. You plan it, you calculate it, but the result seems not to be favorable. But God said that it's not over yet. You may be stuck on that job, but there is a purpose. And it will work out together for good. You may not want to take in the time you took, you took in. You may not want to go to school the time you went to school. You may not want to leave your parents the time you left. You may not want to come to Lagos the time you leave. Maybe there is a reason for, for you to relocate now or to do one thing or the other that against your wish and your will you don't want to. But I tell you, when things seem to be bigger than your control you can trust that because you are in god we make those things work together for your good that's the confidence we have so when you look at this scripture very well you see that apostle paul is showing us what should be our attitude to the horrible situations around us to the things that simply appear contrary to the way we want them go and also he's showing us how to live a life from the angle or from the influence of the spirit that is is showing us the effect of a spirit-filled life because when you look at the old book of romans and what it was discussing it was actually showing the roman christians how to live the god kind of life after he had explained to, after he had explained to them the works of grace and how the law had not been able to save man and how that when we came to know the grace of God, we are to be freed from the works of the law. And he showed us also how to increase the grace of God and by reckoning that all that happened to Christ happened to us. Using the illustration of baptism in Romans chapter, chapter 6, in chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, he showed us the example of Abraham that was justified because of his faith and he received the nature of God's righteousness which made him to live rightly. In chapter 4, 
he showed us okay it was in chapter 4 he showed us life of abraham in chapter 3 he showed us the fertility of the law and the works of christ that now um, we are now um, justified because we believe in the works of christ i don't know how the line of that scripture says okay romans chapter 3 um, verse 19 to 21 says that no one will be justified by the works of the law we are justified because of faith in chapter 2 he spoke about the 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 the, the inability of the law to make a man perfect such that even the religious leader the pharisees who are meant to show the people the way have some flaws have some errors they 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 they, they are victim of what they are teaching others to live up to then in chapter one it shows us how god is angry with the world so I haven't shown us the power of grace and the life of Christ and the pride that was paid and how we became free from that which had you know oppressed us. You know, in Romans chapter 7, he showed us how that, that which we want to do, we cannot do because there is something on the inside of us that is working against uh, the divine principle that we find expression in our hearts. But then Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8, rather, is a way of victory. Paul here is showing us how that by walking in the Spirit, now the requirement of the law can be fulfilled in us that walk in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Heaven. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ, for the law of the Spirit of life that is in Jesus Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do is that it was weak. God sent forth the Holy because in the likeness of sinful flesh that it condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the, of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk by the Spirit. So, what Apostle Paul meant to show us is the life of the Spirit and the kind of mindset the Holy Ghost induces, and that is the positive mindset. So that as we begin to walk by the Spirit, that will not insulate us against attacks, against criticism, against misunderstanding, against what is happening around, against the um, unfavorable economic climate. But in this ordeal, in this condition, you will see that things will be navigated for a few. And why is it so? Because we have come to embrace the love of God. And because our life is driven solely by the kingdom of God. And because now we are not just living by errors or by chance or by our intellect. We are living by the directive of the Holy Ghost. All things work together for the good of those who love God. And Paul gave us a practical example. He said, look, he said, um, he said the, the problem we are going through now, he said, we're groaning in this flesh, but all of this will work for us a weight of glory. So nothing is working against you. And there's no coincidence. The events in your life are planned, even against your knowledge. When you don't know how, they're actually planned. They're actually planned. So you can rest. You can rest. And finally, I want to mention to you certain things you need to do to turn your life around. I will mention them very quickly, then I close. Let me give you 10 ways to live a very successful life. And may I say this before I begin to alight, that the fact that all things work together for good does not mean you should live carelessly. You have got to be careful with people. People are cunning, they are wicked, be wise. Don't leave your part undone. Do your part. Do your best. Do what is required or expected of you so that you will not be guilty. But 10 factors. Number one, if you want 
to turn out good as you progress in your work with God, define your goal. Define, define your goal. Number two, discover your life's purpose. Number three, find God for yourself first and find him as an anchor to your soul and as your protection. Number four, dream and envision your end because you are the architect of your life. Set a goal, set a standard for yourself. Identify your position, unleash your potential, help others. Go to school and develop elder relationship. Develop yourself mentally. Develop yourself in social relationship and then get a skill. Be a lover of God. When you do all this, when you do all this, there is nothing that will come your way that will work against you. And even if they are intended or incited against you, I tell you they will turn out for your good. And you can be sure really, and you can trust the word of God that this is a principle by which you can live, that all things can work together for your good.